welcome in, welcome one, welcome all to not only the latest episode, but the latest season, season three of the Deep Ellum to Me Gods podcast. My name is Tej. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Tink. Tink, how is it going? Feels good to be back in the saddle, Tej. I've missed this. Um, I haven't missed staying up till midnight after planning to be in bed by 9.45, but <laughs> it's worth it. You know, we're back. It has been too long. I mean, let me go, let me go to the podcast feed right now. We have not posted an episode on the feed since January 16th. And it's June 16th right now, which means it's been exactly five months, which is insane. Um, last episode is called The Season Is Over episode, um, where we just recapped the season. You know, I got to take, I, I don't, it's been so long, I don't remember what I said, but I probably victory lapped a little bit about winning last year and the year before. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for that over the next, oh, what, nine, ten months until we declare another champion. But this podcast, this episode, this season, it's not about looking back. It's about looking forward. We're in season three. We're right in the heat of the off season. While not much has happened in our league, a lot has happened in the NFL, and there's plenty for us to discuss. And so it is the perfect time for us to be kicking off season three of the Deep Ellum to Me Gods podcast. I am so excited. Um, and so Tank, you have no idea what this podcast episode is going to be about. Um, I know that I, so we've been wanting to do this for about a month and I've actually had this prepared, this podcast episode prepared for about a month. Um, when I said, I texted you, I said, I have a podcast idea. I actually prepared notes for the first time, um, ever, I think on a podcast and I've just been sitting on them waiting for the right opportunity. And here it is June 16th. 10 p.m. This is the time to do the episode. So you ready to get into it? I'm so ready. Although I do want to point out in there, you said we'll crown a new champion. Does that mean you're not going to win? It's a great point. We're going to crown. um, (laughs) It's a good point. We're probably going to crown the exact same champion. (laughs) Might have been a little bit of a Freudian slip there. We might have to revisit that one here in a few months. But we are going to crown the same champion again. We're going to take the crown off of his head. We're going to polish it off and then put the crown back onto my head. I think that's what's yeah. going to happen. This does bring up a good point, though. I was actually talking to someone the other day. Is my name the name that appears the most on the trophy still? That is a good point. Um, I think it's tied with my name. <laughs> I think it's true to two. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, congratulations. It really is going to be the only time that you're on the trophy. And so I'm glad that you're able to kind of relish in that fact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know what the episode's going to be about today? Do you have any guesses? Uh, I have. I mean, I had assume it's about our fantasy football league. Um, <laughs> but that's about all I got for you. It could be about anything else. It could be about the new Kendrick album. I don't know. Um, not about the new Kendrick album, although that maybe that'll be like a mini podcast episode that we can discuss. Cause yeah, I'm sure we, Travis, we both have some thoughts. Yeah. Um, so this episode actually is going to be about, it's not really about our fantasy league specifically either. Um, right. this is going to be the top 10 biggest fantasy impacting moves of the off season. 
Mm-hmm. It's been five months. A lot has happened in the NFL. Free agency, trades, a ton of stuff has happened. Um, a lot of which has impacted what's going to happen this next year in our Dynasty League and redraft leagues going forward. And so I put together my list of the top 10 things. I'm going to kind of count them down for us. We're going to start number 10. We're going to go all the way up to number one. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of respond. You can disagree with anything. I kind of, I haven't gotten to pick your brain about a lot of this stuff. You know, I would say that most of the things on this list, if they happened in real life um, or in real life, if they had happened during the regular season, we would have like an immediate or an emergency podcast episode about them. But we haven't gotten the chance to. And so now this is basically nine emergency podcasts all in one. We're counting down from number nine to number one. And then we're going to do number 10 last. Does that sound good with you? Sounds good. Okay. So number nine, I haven't looked at this in about a month. Like I said, <laughs> number nine, the number nine most impactful move of the off season is um, Debo Samuel kind of wants to be just a regular wide receiver and also might be getting traded. Um, So let me talk you through why I think this is a pretty important move. So one, um, this isn't technically a transaction. And so like maybe nothing is going to change from this. So I couldn't move it much higher than number nine, but at the same time, Debo, a lot of his value last year came from the fact that they were giving him 10 to 12 carries per game And when they were using him as a running back, he was one of the more effective running backs in the NFL. He had a ton of long runs, a lot of rushing touchdowns as well. Um, So if he only wants to be a wide receiver um, and is kind of saying, like, you're either going to play me a wide receiver, you're going to trade me to where he's going to be a wide receiver as well. I think that has a lot of ripple effects throughout um, San Francisco and the rest of the league, too. So one is that it probably helps all other San Francisco running backs like Eli Mitchell probably got to think it helps him a decent amount. Trey Sermon? Yeah, Trey Sermon, exactly. Probably helps Trey Lance rushing as well. Um, yeah. It probably hurts Debo. Like, what, Dylan gave up two first-round picks for Debo? Like, this probably is not a great thing for him if he's only going to be a wide receiver. Probably hurts Ayuk as well. Probably hurts Kittle, maybe. Um I, I don't know. I, I just think the San Francisco offense in general is going to be a really interesting one to kind of place bets on, um, especially if Trey Lance is starting for the entire year. Um, you're going to see less pass volume in general. And then if Debo is only going to be a wide receiver, those targets are going to be more evenly spread out between all the wide receivers. It's just going to be hard to kind of value anyone in that offense. Yeah. So because of that, I have it at number nine. Um, also with the, with the uncertainty that, you know, he might get traded at some point in this off season and, that would obviously send massive ripples throughout the rest of the league to wherever he goes. And it would change the dynamic of the 49ers as well. So what are your thoughts on number nine, Debo Samuel getting traded? Um, I feel like he's not, I guess, going to get traded. I feel like it would have happened by now. Um, I mean, if he does, you elevate everyone who stays. If he stays, I think I genuinely cannot even attempt to predict what Kyle Shanahan's going to do every off season. So, I mean, they could just decide it's their fifth round pick this year's year and just feed him. Like I have no idea. Um, Kittle will get hurt like six or four, six or seven times throughout the season. Um, same with all the running backs. Um, 
So I think if Debo stays healthy, I, I can't tell. I feel like Debo doesn't mind being used the way he is. He just wants to be paid for being both. Because um, his his value, I feel like, as a pure wide receiver is not as high. Um, but I don't know. I hate the 49ers offense. I only want Trey Lance if he's their quarterback because I feel like he's not necessarily very good, but he can run. So it'll be like Jalen Hurts 2.0 with a better arm. I think that's fair. Um, I'm looking up right now, dynasty rankings, wide receiver on keep trade cut. And you're going to tell me if you think Debo is too high or too low. Okay. What do you think he is? I haven't looked at keep trade cut in a hot minute. I bet he's like wide receiver nine, but also Um, maybe not, not not post draft. Maybe he's like 12 after. I mean, you're pretty close. He's wide receiver 10. Um, which is honestly a little bit lower than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be better than that. The three guys above him and the three guys below him, three guys above him are Jalen Waddell, DK Metcalf, and Stephon Diggs. Three guys below him, Devontae Adams, Drake London, and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I figured Drake London was up there for no good reason. but Yeah. Um. I, that's about right, I think. Like, I don't. He probably wasn't wide receiver 10 at the end of last season, right? Like, he's definitely he's probably like wide receiver three at the end of last season. Yeah, he's he's. De- Do you think that he's fallen too much for just a news report that he doesn't want to play running back? I mean, he scored like 19 touchdowns. If you hate Adam Thielen for scoring double digit touchdowns, you have to hate Debo for also scoring almost 20 touchdowns. Like, you have to think regression will come his way. Well, and it's almost like Debo's are less sustainable because a lot of them came on the ground where he was like the most efficient running back in the NFL. And yeah, gotta think agreed. that's not gonna yeah. stay. Agreed. All right. Um, let's move on to number eight. Um, so number eight, I'm trying to view all of these transactions like in a vacuum. And so a lot of them, it's kind of hard to view them individually without other ones. But number eight, I have... Amari Cooper to the Browns. Um, obviously, another Browns transaction is going to be coming up soon on this list that it makes this maybe even more interesting. But um, I think in Dallas, this kind of clarifies things a little bit to where C.D. Lamb now, it's kind of like a man up and prove it season for him. Like there, there is truly no reason, at least from a target competition pers- perspective, with Cedric Wilson gone and Amari Cooper gone, he has no reason not to have like a top five wide receiver season. And so this really kind of clears out for CeeDee Lamb, the people that have been betting on his talent and keeping him in the top five of dynasty ranks, like now is the time to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off this season, I'm not sure when it's going to pay off. Um, It kind of opens up some targets for other guys on Dallas as well. Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, et cetera. But, and then Amari Cooper too, who, you know, before before this trade, I would say was kind of uninspiring as a wide receiver asset, especially on the Cowboys. You kind of just knew what you were going to get, and it wasn't that exciting. Now, going to Cleveland, he's the pretty clear number one wide receiver. And again, hard to look at this not in a vacuum, knowing that Deshaun Watson's there now. But who knows about his playing status? But even still, Amari Cooper, number one wide receiver on a team that is going to be competitive. So because of that, I had it as number eight, most interesting, most impactful transaction of the offseason. Yeah, I don't know that I really care either way. Um, 
I think in a nutshell, not counting the Watson one, it's fine. Like it's just going to have like a Jarvis slash OBJ type season there. We'll have some boom games, but it'll probably be a bunch of nothing. and It'll be a lot of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. But with the Sean and his question mark, that makes a lot more interesting. I still don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty high on Dak. So like, is Deshaun a huge upgrade? Not necessarily. Some good defenses in the NFC North. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think that this is more impactful from a Cowboys perspective than an Amari Cooper Browns perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, a day one CD Lamb hater. It's true. Because only because he was wide receiver three in Dynasty before he even stepped on the field and then stayed there after a pretty average, I mean, good rookie season, but like it didn't like, like he had like a similar season to Devonta Smith and everyone's like almost calling Devonta a bust. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And he had a similar season to Debo. So it's just like these young wide receivers are just immediate. Like Drake London's already freaking wide receiver 11. Like he hasn't stepped on the field. It's ridiculous. Um, so I feel like he didn't prove it yet to be like a consensus wide receiver one, like on his own team, you know, he hasn't even done that. So I and agree. Yet. I agree it is put up or shut up. Um, and yet know. though, even though I know you're number one city lamb, Hashtag hater. I don't even hate the player. I just hate his ranking. <laughs> well, okay, but also, you just said he's in number three wide receiver since he came in the league, and he's still number three on Keep Trade Cut right now. So it's not like his value has like dipped, even with disappointing seasons. No, that's the crazy. I don't understand why. Are you betting against him this season? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. And how so? Like, t- tell crazy. me how you want to bet against him. Like, not... Like- not a num- not a wide receiver one like outside the top twelve. I mean, I think he's. I don't see a reason to put him above Debo right now. From an in-year perspective or dynasty? In a dynasty perspective. Really? Yeah, I don't get it. What has he done? Debo has had better stats. Also, like. I mean, he's three years younger. Okay, that's fine. But at some point, that, at that point, the only reason he's wide receiver three is because of his age. Like, you can't tell me it's because of his production. or his yeah, I mean, it's better draft profile, better situation. Similar draft profile. He was taking, like, 14 picks earlier. That can't be right. Did you Debo just have was, that off the top of your head? Do you remember like 30, that? <laughs> he was like 33 or something. Yeah, that sounds right. And CD was 17, so 16 picks earlier? Something like that. So similar draft profiles, kind Debo, of similar rookie years. Debo was injured her second year and, uh-huh. and was literally wide receiver three as early as last or as recently as last year. I don't get it. Also, like people like Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin have had better years starting off, and they are ranked below him. I mean, it's just well, the, it's just the age factor. Like that's all it is. It's not production at this point, and it's like the hype of production. But it might be might be a little bit of Cowboys multiplier too. I think so, and I just don't like if you put him at wide receiver eight or even like seven. Uh, or I don't think I'd go higher than seven though. But I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But three is ridiculous. Like you're just giving him the age factor, and you hate the age factor. And yet we're CD. You're like, no, this is fine. This makes sense. I don't get it. So. Mike Clay, well, first of all, you're lumping me in with all the CD defenders. I would like to say I'm CD agnostic. You have um, a huge CD fan for so long. CD is Mike Clay's wide receiver eight for yes. this season. Not in Dynasty, just for this season. 
and Debo was wide receiver six. Okay, that's fine. I can get behind that. I can see those scenarios. I can see it too, but also you're giving up two spots in the in year and CD's three years younger. I don't know. I can kind of see the discrepancy in ranking. They should probably be closer than seven spots apart in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me like, but like, CD is in the same draft class as Justin Jefferson, and like Justin Jefferson has lit the world on fire with a worse QB, and like, and Thielen stealing all his touchdowns, and Jamar Chase came in immediately went off. Um, I just don't understand why CD gets this like hype bump that everyone else had to actively earn with two amazing years of production. Do you have less confidence in Dak Prescott this season now that Amari Cooper is gone? Because a lot of people on Twitter have been citing like, oh, like Dak Prescott in games that Amari Cooper hasn't played is terrible and he's Dak's security blanket, all of that stuff. Are you buying into those that narrative at all? Or are you less so Amari and it's more so like who the hell do the Cowboys have if like anyone goes down, like who mm-hmm. do they have left? It was Cedric on Gallup recovering from an ACL and always kind of hurt. And then CD, like, I don't even know who is their fourth guy there. Schultz. Did you already say him? No, but he's a tight end. Who's their like fourth wide receiver? Uh, Noah Brown. I don't know. Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he's still there. That dude flanks CD. Like CD's getting double covered every time. Like, yeah. Pollard, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm less concerned. I mean, I'm not super concerned. I think he might have a different route tree, um, but he'll probably get fed because he's the most talented of those guys. And then you'll have Gallup doing the like go routes down the field, jumping up like the Mike Williams role. So I don't know. He's good. Yeah. I just don't see how you can say definitively he's going to be like the wide receiver three, you know, on the year. I don't think he can do that. I think eight, six, you have an argument, but three, I'm like, that. I would take a lot of other people for him. That's fair. All right, let's move on to number seven. Um, you make every podcast a CD Lamb podcast. <laughs> That's what every podcast becomes. <laughs> um, number seven. Uh, I, I put this one here just because I figured we could kind of continue the conversation. I put Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Um, obviously, a lot of uncertainty here, which creates a pretty interesting dynamic. Um, I am not totally sold on the fact that Deshaun Watson's going to play in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I know NFL is still reviewing everything and they haven't made a ruling. And who knows what they're basing like precedent off of with these situations. I'm not sure they've handled any of these well in the past to have established like a guideline for themselves, but kind of putting that aside, like if Deshaun plays, then I kind of think this helps everyone on the Browns. Amari gets a bump. I think Chubb and Hunt get a bump and Dearness Johnson, which let's come back to the running backs in a second. Um, I think it just helps everyone if he plays. Um, if he doesn't play, obviously this really hurts the Browns, I guess in season, maybe it doesn't hurt these guys that much, but long-term, I think it hurts them because they gave up multiple first round picks and they're tying up a lot of cap space to him that 
man, anyone that's in Cleveland long-term, if this doesn't work out is kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I put down that this kind of just ends the rumors of him going to the Panthers or the Eagles or the Falcons are kind of like the main three that we had heard before he signed with Cleveland. Like, we kind of, it, it's just been this like uncertainty that's been looming over a bunch of teams of will Jalen Hurts be a dynasty asset if they get Deshaun Watson because the Eagles love him. Like I feel like that was a big narrative last year. So I don't know. There's still a lot to be played out with this situation. Um, and it feels weird even discussing his like fantasy value and the fantasy impact on the season when all of this is looming over the situation. But what are your, what's your take on on everything that's happened this offseason with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I am, uh, I don't know. It's been weird. I can't believe that he is even, like, possibly going to play. Like, it just seems so wrong to, like, let him, even if, like, one of these things is true, you know, you sh- they should probably just not let him play. <laughs> yeah. Um so, I mean, I think it's so weird that there's, like, this narrative out there that, like, all of these women could possibly be lying and that, like, I don't know, it gets very political very quickly, but it should just be, he should just be sidelined until it, it all figures itself out. Um, the contract situation is very sketchy. It's like the Browns know he's going to get suspended while they put the $1 million in the first year, so that's, like, all they're losing. Or it's all about Watson's going to lose out on if he gets suspended. So it makes me think he's going to be suspended kind of preemptively for one year. And then like, if he somehow gets cleared in the middle of it, they'll just immediately reinstate him. That'd be my guess as to what happens. Um, I do agree though, that if he plays, everyone gets a bump. Um, I'm not super impressed with any of the Browns wide receivers, but I wasn't impressed with the Texans wide receivers when their wide receiver one was Will Fuller and he had like a wide receiver one season. So I think Watson will make anyone viable. Yeah, not going to lie, pretty boring team, even if Deshaun Watson does play. I like just can't get bring myself to be interested when the AFC has so many like interesting teams from the Chiefs to the Chargers to the Bills to the Ravens to the Broncos are interesting now to the Bengals. Like, I don't know. They, I it, It's tough to get excited about the Browns offense with. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and multiple running backs and a quarterback that hasn't played in a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, speaking of the Browns running backs, though, um, as long as we're getting things on the record, I would like to get it on the record that I don't think that Kareem Hunt is going to be a Brown for much longer. Like, end of this middle of the season, before the season? I don't know. I kind of thought he would get... I thought kind of honestly thought he would have been traded by now, but... Um, yeah, at least by the trade deadline this year, I think he's gone. Just because they have always kind of liked Dearness Johnson, and then they signed Dearness Johnson to like kind of a nice contract, and it mm-hmm. doesn't really. Ma- and they're not trading Chubb, so it doesn't really make sense why they don't need all three of those guys. So just want it out on the audio waves. Cream Hunt not going to be there for more than five months. Noted. Cool. Um, I think he will finish the season of Brown. Um, but I guess that puts us right around, well, that would be like November, right? So yeah, I don't see him getting traded in November. So I'm going to give him till around this time next year to be a Brown. That's fair. I think it's more like he's traded 
Um, but Chubb, you think? I think Chubb gets traded. Hmm. But that's just me. Kareem Hunt's cheaper, and they have Felton, who I think they'll just keep those two, and Felton will be the new Chubb, and Hunt will stay Hunt, and Chubb will go run for someone else. That's fair. That's fair. Number six. Number six, biggest storyline of the offseason so far, biggest fantasy-impacting storyline, Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, announces his retirement. Right after the season ended, what a moment. The GOAT um, announces his retirement from the game of football. Um, Lots of big implications with this story. What happens to Gronk? What does he do? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, do they have value um, in a post-Brady world? What are they even going to do at quarterback? Um, Are the running backs still valuable? Is playoff Lenny still going to hold value as a running back one with no Tom Brady and dump-offs? Is the NFC South the worst division in football? No Tom Brady. Oh my gosh, what's that? Number five on the list. Tom Brady, the GOAT, unretires from the NFL. He's back. And I'm going to undo literally everything I said. All of those guys, the exact same. He's back. Tom Brady, the GOAT. Um, What a weird situation. We didn't get to podcast about this really, but for Tom Brady to just retire, have this whole like crowning for a few weeks and then come back after Arians gets fired. I don't know. Just a weird situation. Gronk is still not playing right now, right? Isn't doesn't everyone just think he's gonna come back, but he hasn't actually said anything publicly. Yeah. Our I kind of think it's weird, but I don't know. Wax poetic on the Tom Brady situation. Make me care about it. I don't care at all. I don't like I I mean I like him for like the Twitter content he provides. Um but as far as like the ESPN just running it into the ground, I don't really care. The fantasy implications, I don't really care. Especially the fantasy implications that Bob no longer wants Kyler. Really hate that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's fine. I, I Like you said, everyone, like whatever Mike Evans finished the season at last year, rankings-wise, he's going to stay there. Same with Godwin, same with Lenny. They're gonna run it back. I do think. I do think Gronk is done, though. I, th- I don't think he's coming. Really? Back. I don't think so. He's, he's been like, going like decently high in tight end rankings. I feel like for redraft, always, like he just always looks like he's in p- absolute pain. He can barely move. He's got like what four rings? I think. I think four. Who knows? He, just, he simply does not need to keep playing. <laughs> I feel like he did Brady a favor, and then Brady was like, "All right, one more." Then I promise I'm retiring. He's like, okay. And then Brady was like, okay, I did it. And then Gronk was like, all right, cool. And then he's back and everyone's like, all right, so you too, Gronk? And I really think he doesn't care anymore. So Gronk is on TV so much. I, I don't really know why. Do you think he doesn't need the money, right? Does he just love being in commercials? Does he love shooting them? I think he likes the money. I think he it funds his party habits, which is cool. He has to have enough money. I mean, without doing like that point, head and shoulders it's not like shooting a commercial is like difficult you know like you may as well do it cash in the check i guess but do you think it's also it's got to be kind of inconvenient right for the amount of money that you would make like i don't think they pay talent that much to do a dove commercial um i feel like he gets paid enough to make it worth his while or else he simply wouldn't do it <laughs> how know? much do you think he gets paid for 
just like a random day on set. Let's say he films for four hours. Um, I don't know. Probably a few hundred grand at least. That's wild. Gotta be. Don't you, can't you figure out what uh, Dak made for DirecTV stream? <laughs> that, well, that's the thing is I feel like you saying a couple hundred grand, part of me is like, oh my gosh, that is like way too much for four hours of someone's time. But also part of me is like, that might not be nearly enough to get Gronk out to do a commercial. Like why would, what does he care about all the grand? But I don't know if, I don't, I can't imagine the commercial making that much money back, but. No, there, I mean, there's no way. Yeah, but then if it's less than that, then why does he even need to do it? Back to my original point: Does he just love being on TV? I think that could be it. He could just have a big ego and like seeing himself on the big screen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that's the number five and the number six. Uh, no, yeah, the number five and the number six biggest moves of the offseason. Tom Brady. Number four, finally getting into some of the bigger. Um, emergency pod worthy um, moves this offseason. So number four, I have Russell Wilson to the Broncos. So a lot of impacts here. A lot of impacts. Number one, um, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. What a moment for those guys. Like both of them kind of destined to be in like that upside wide receiver purgatory where maybe they flashed a little bit when they were young, but they have no good QB and every year they're like wide receiver 23 and you like talk yourselves into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then boom, they get Russell Wilson. And now they're both like legitimately good, exciting assets that I think both might be pretty good this year. Have no reason to believe that they won't be. Um, that's Sutton and Judy on the flip side, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Woof. Like I, <laughs> It is going to be really hard for me in a redraft league to draft either of them. Like I, I can't imagine being excited about drafting Tyler Lockett with Drew Locke as a starter in Seattle. Is that what they're going with? Geno Smith, Drew Locke. Like I think I prefer Geno almost, but that's just like preferring Bridgewater. Like I don't know. know. Like in in DK Metcalf, I think is probably a bigger conversation, and maybe we can camp out on this in a minute. Of like. On keep trade cut, DK is wide receiver um, eight, I think. Yeah, wide receiver eight. And I know that he's young and kind of like a freak athlete, but man, his quarterback is Drew Locke or, or Geno Smith. And it's not like he's it's not like he's had perennial wide receiver one seasons, you know? Like mm. if I could get wide receiver eight, like if I could flip him for Debo right now, I know that's not a feasible trade in our league like i would 100 percent do that i think um anyway so the seahawks wide receivers immediately lost all of their value i feel like um and gave it all to the broncos wide receivers um russell wilson doesn't really change in value i was trying to think if this like helps or hurts him and it like maybe in denver they open up the offense a little bit more around him which would help i guess but he probably doesn't change in value that much. Um, and then <laughs> one of the funnier outcomes, Noah Fant, who has been in quarterback hell for his entire career, this big like upside breakout athlete, people, he's been he's been around our league forever. Cole has been asking people to trade a second round pick for him for 
who knows how long. Oh, your um, first. Honestly, you get the you get the ESPN notification that Russell Wilson is traded to the Broncos. You're like, oh my gosh, Noah Fant breakout season incoming. This is his moment. He finally has a QB. Then you realize he's going to the Seahawks too. Why? Why do the Seahawks need Noah Fant? I have no idea. But poor Noah Fant can't catch a break. Now he's with Drew Locke again. <laughs> Geno Smith, that poor guy. Um, but Albert O. Albert Aquagmanum, um breakout season now. Maybe who knows? Russell Wilson probably needs a tight end. Albert O. could do worse. So. Russell Wilson hates tight ends. Freaking this is this is absolutely just because Chad like freaking in another league twisted my arm for like an hour over how good he thought Alberto was gonna be. Um so I'm just really salty at that experience. But he's not gonna be like a a tight end top five. Like I don't he's gonna be in the no. passable streamer category. He's not I think I saw in like a redraft league format he was going around tight end like 24 and that feels way too low for me low but at the same time like i simply don't care (laughs) (laughs) that is yeah mike clay has him as tight end 20 we can debate albert aquagvenum at another time but that is not the biggest fantasy impact of this trade (laughs) talk about Cortland sutton talk about judy metcalf etc um I can't believe this time last year I was offering Dylan three firsts and Keenan Allen for um, DK, and he was like, not close. So, um, if just in the future, if you ever get that offer, you should just take probably no matter who the player is, you should just always take sell the wide receiver one. Yeah, always. always <laughs> Unless they're Devontae Adams, honestly, that would be the exception. I think that guy is amazing. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Alex, sell Cooper Cup to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lockett, you got to feel bad about that. I like Drew Lock enough. I think he's fine. But it's like the combination of Drew Lock combined with the Seattle like offensive coordinator who wants to run the ball a million times combined with Drew Lock being just not talented enough. Um I think they're going to roll with Gino, genuinely. I think they're going to run with Gino. What is their long-term plan? Are they tanking this year? I literally don't know. Maybe they freaking do run with Drew Locke to tank. I don't know. It's going to be um, a Lynch situation all over again. They're going to keep going back and forth between all these guys, and they're all going to suck. They're going to land on Trevor. I think Trevor Simeon ends up starting a game for the Seahawks at some point, and then. But who knows? I, I you gotta you gotta think DK's in trouble. You gotta think Lockett's not gonna score fourteen touchdowns a game on these like two catches for ninety eight yards and three touchdowns that he somehow scored three touchdowns on two catches because that's Cole's luck. Um, and then, I mean, what is the best case camping out on the Seahawks wide receivers? What is the best case scenario for DK Metcalf's career? Um. Like over the net, like chart out the path from right now to him being the dynasty wide receiver one. He basically gets the AJ Brown treatment where he finishes this year averagely. Cause I mean, like, let's be honest, AJ Brown had a very average season last season. Mm-hmm. Still got his ideal wish, which is a trade and a massive extension. So you just have to hope his trade isn't to Jalen Hurts. It's like to a, 
I was going to say, A.J. Brown went from Ryan Tannehill to Jalen Hurts. I'm like not sure that his value really improved. Sideways move, though. I, I don't think Tannehill's amazing. We'll talk about that trade in a minute. Okay. Camp out on DK for a second, though. No, like, this is ideal scenario to path to like, one. Like, DK is wide re- dynasty wide receiver eight right now. Feels high. I Yeah, like, I understand that he's... I'm crazy, but give me Deontay Johnson over him right now. There's a lot of guys that I would take over him. Because that's the thing is like in six months, is he going to be better than wide receiver eight, worse than wide receiver eight, or exactly wide receiver eight? There's no way that he is better than wide receiver eight, I don't think. Like, you know, like not they, with all these rookies, like one rookie could have a freaking no. two good games and immediately be wide receiver three. So Yeah. And it's not like I, I'm not totally out on DK as like a player forever, right? But if if you're viewing like these guys as assets quote unquote and trying to figure out which ones to like buy and sell at certain times like dk is one of the biggest sells for me right now because i just don't see i think he's a sell now yeah i I mean it's so much more so now though because i mean what what was he last year in redraft at the end of the season like what did he finish at with russell wilson i think i think he were like both like I thought they were like eighteen and nineteen or something. I can't remember though. Lockett yeah, and now now he's had a massive downgrade at quarterback. I don't so understand how he can be any better. Like, is he a top twelve wide receiver in redraft? There's like um, no way. All right, hear me out on this question. Would you rather have DK or any of the four wide receivers going in this rookie draft in like the first four off? So like Jameson Williams, Drake London, yeah, Wilson or whoever the fourth one is, I forget. I don't know. So, I mean, I one, I don't really know anything about the rookie wide receivers. I've done approximately zero research. I think in general, I would probably, with my like level of risk aversion, I would just rather have DK. Mm-hmm. Be- even though it's a lower ceiling, it's also probably a lower floor um, for those guys in a year from now. But at the same time, like would I rather have DK or... I don't know, even even like an older guy like Devontae Adams. Um, T. Higgins, DK or T. Higgins? Oh my gosh, T. Higgins, pretty easily. That's like crazy to me, but I agree. Yeah, no, it, that, like that one's not even a close one, I don't think. Like I feel like DK versus Deontay is like much more, like what about like DK versus Michael Pittman? Yeah, like I, I think there's an it's argument. Question, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Or like him versus DJ Moore. Like I feel like, DJ Moore is probably a good comp because neither of them have great quarterbacks, but like they should probably be about the same rank, I guess. Like DK is a freak athlete, and so maybe he gets like the slight advantage, but they're like eight or nine spots apart in dynasty ranks right now, and wide receiver dynasty ranks right now. There's just no way that's that's right. Mm -hmm. What about DK or Terry? I know Terry's older, but oh, DK, I'm out on Terry. I think all the way out. Yeah, tough times to be Dylan right now. Yeah. Um, on keep trade cut, Terry is wide receiver 21. That is a tough he was season. like, he was like wide receiver seven. I feel like in the beginning of last year, especially with the Fitzpatrick bump he got. And that was probably <laughs> hindsight's 2020. That was probably a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that was a very big sell. <laughs> given, given his age, especially that was probably a little aggressive. Got to be a take back where you and I were like, Dylan should sell his wide receivers right now for like something. One of my favorite 
things to reminisce on last season. And this is, I don't know why this was like my train of thought, but I had, it was like a right process, wrong result type of take of mine. But I was like, look, it was, it was last off season. I was like, if Antonio Gibson is going to be a first round running back and Terry McLaurin is a second round wide receiver and Curtis Samuel is like a seventh round wide receiver and who else do they have? Was they have a tight end that was supposed to be good? Yes, they did. Logan Thomas was like a fourth round tight end or a fifth round tight end. I was like, if all of these things are true, then Ryan Fitzpatrick can't be a 25th round quarterback. You know, like it, it literally just can't happen. And so rather than me saying, huh, I wonder if that means that all of these guys are overpriced on Washington. It led to me saying, huh, I need to draft Ryan Fitzpatrick on every single one of my teams. And how did that go for you? <laughs> Not well. He literally got hurt in week one of the regular season and I started him. He had like 0.7 points. <laughs> uh, not good, but... I've seen. Yeah, it was a tough scene. Anyway, um, anything else on this one? Tyler Lockett, what are you doing about him? He's wide receiver 30 in redraft this year, according to Mike Clay. And he's old. Is he I don't know how old he is, but that's what his rank is in redraft. And he's definitely old. He seems like he's someone who like might fall off, fall off. I, I hate to say it, but he seems like a Julio Jones candidate this season. Uh, he's not. He's 29. That's what it seems like to me. I don't think he's a who. I don't think he's quite Julio level. He doesn't have the injury history Julio does. I guess I guess maybe he does. Like I always say that Julio had a huge injury history and then he had he like didn't really. It was just like he had one and then it was Cliff. It was over. So yeah. F it, I'm with you. I'm with you. Julio. I hadn't thought of that until right now. It's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, Cole, that was another big sell. I think I offered something decent. I probably didn't in my head. I probably offered something decent for Lockett, and I didn't. So it's fair. Um, okay, let's see. Anything else on this trade? I guess we haven't talked about Broncos really at all. Um, quickly, Corton Sutton, Jerry Judy. Who are you more excited about with this? Sutton. I think, think? that's right. I don't know. I think I mean I think Judy probably is like the asset that you would want to have, but from like a if I owned both of those guys, if I owned Sutton, I'd be like, thank goodness that <laughs> this trade happened because yeah. you're probably about to give up hope. Whereas if you had Judy, you're probably still a believer, going to hold that hope for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's kind of like a they're going to probably go back to back in redrafts. I'd assume. Or like very close. Yeah, let me let me see where Mike Clay has them. Um, he has Judy at twenty two and Sutton at twenty eight. If you a round or two apart, maybe. Yeah, that's fine. I think Judy's getting the age bump there. They're both coming off of. Sure. I mean, Judy's now the one coming off injury, whereas Sutton was last year, so. I think at that ADP, I'll take my chance on Sutton, and then also I'm the same way. And then also, uh, I don't know anyone else on that team. Also, Albert, 
I like Tim Patrick too. He's a good. Yeah, player. why not? Extended him too. It was kind of funny. Everyone was so excited. Fifty-seven. Everyone, yeah, halfway through that season, like everyone was so excited, and then they like gave Tim Patrick this massive contract. And they're like, "Thank God, Sutton's gonna leave." And they extended <laughs> him. It's like, oh my god, what's happening? Everyone's like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> and then what they're actually doing is just posturing to get a quarterback. So yeah. All right, let's move on. Number three, um, we talked about him a second ago. AJ Brown from the Titans to the Eagles on draft night. Kind of a crazy move. Um, I don't know how, and once again, I did this about a month ago. I don't know how impactful this really is from a fantasy perspective. Number one, one of my biggest takeaways is that the Titans might have the worst offense in the NFL now. Like (laughs) Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Robert Woods is a super one. That's tough. Like, you just know they're going to run it 30 times a game. The Traylon Burks guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess that's true. One of the four guys. I was the fourth guy. Yeah, this is, again, proving that I, like, didn't do my research on rookie wide receivers yet. But If you just, like, look up Traylon Burks, like, you know how, like, the Google trend of, like, how much people – it would be, like, halfway – like, bowl season, Traylon Burks is, like, the player – Mm-hmm. Like the consensus, like 1.01, oh, like a but like pretty neck and neck with Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he was like ass and he went all the way down. And then he got drafted on the Titans. They're like, oh my God, he's just AJ Brown. It's like, okay, yeah. that's really how that works. But okay. Um, I actually but- saw a lot of pre draft hype from. Not like fantasy people, but like NFL people being like Traylon Burks is the guy. He's from Arkansas, right? He's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a lot of people being like, he's the wide receiver that you want. If you're taking it was funny. Like, there's like, you can go on YouTube and just be like, find hate pieces against him. Just like showing every route he ran in college is just like a, a slant across the field or a go route. Yeah. It was like what DK did. So it's like, yeah, you can teach someone to run a route. I feel like, um, that's fair. Conversation for another time. We'll, we'll talk about the rookies at some point. But A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Um, I guess from a Titans perspective, yeah, don't really know what this does. Ryan Tannehill definitely takes a step back. Can't believe Tannehill. Braylon Burks? What do you say? Can't believe Tannehill was a kept player last year. Yeah, I know. And now he's like a top, barely top 20 quarterback. Yeah. Um, Titans, yeah not really going to have any relevant fantasy players other than Derrick Henry and Burks from a dynasty perspective, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles, though, all of a sudden have become very interesting. I feel like they're kind of like similar to the 49ers in the sense that they have a running quarterback and very good wide receivers that need to be thrown the ball. And you don't really know what's going to happen. Like the 49ers, Lance, you're like, is he going to run so much that Ayuk and Debo and Kittle aren't going to get enough receiving production? And Hurts, same thing. Is he going to run so much that A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard don't get enough receiving production? Um, That's the one piece. And then the other piece is um, one that probably hits close to home for you, Devonta Smith had a good rookie season not spectacular necessarily but a fine rookie season 
um, you add AJ Brown into the mix has to hurt him a little bit, I guess, but maybe not horribly hurt him. I don't know. You can, two wide receivers can thrive from a dynasty and a redraft perspective. Just look at Chase and Higgins right now and and how they're being seen. I feel like that's kind of what you think was best case scenario for Philadelphia. Exact comp. So, yeah. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen hurts, Miles Sanders, question mark. In the oh, I was actually going to mention that. I was going to say my biggest uh, takeaway from all of this is that Miles Sanders is just done. Like, I think they, I mean, they just drafted um, Gainwell last year. Boston Scott gets some runs. They, I think they re-signed Jordan Howard <laughs> at some point <laughs> during the year. Um, what He scored literally zero touchdowns. Um, so... This cannot be your biggest takeaway from the AJ. I recently read pieces on Miles Sanders, and I was like, "This literally makes no sense that he'd be getting hyped. He's going to be a wide or running back three, probably." Um, That is my biggest takeaway. I feel fine about Devonta. Like, I think Devonte. I don't know how to say his name. I'll be honest. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I don't know. He is on Jersey Watch, though. I do love him that much. So, if you're looking to acquire him, he is on Jersey Watch for this year. I don't know that I could really – I guess I own a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. I can certainly own an Eagles one. Um, yeah. But I feel like he's fine. I do – like I'm, I definitely think his ceiling is capped. Like he's not going to go out there. And I think he, if he's a wide receiver two for me, that's fine. You know, like that's kind of always been my MO is have like six wide receiver twos to plug and play the wrong ones every week and then hope my running backs can pull it off and Kyler and whatever. So – Mike Clay has Devonta Smith redraft wide receiver ranking this season. I guess 31. 36. That's so low. Why? <laughs> Pretty no low. Sense. Pretty low, but I kind of kind of get it. He has AJ Brown at 15. That seems like I, I can't I I love AJ Brown. I just can't imagine there's a scenario where like he feasts that much and Devonta gets nothing. Devonta. Well, I mean, him being 15 is not feasting that much. I almost feel like that ranking, if he was like top that 10, that, would, that may as well be feasting with how little they throw it. Like well, that's that. the thing is that, yeah, I, I mean, he's got. Goddard's pretty good, man. Like, yeah, he's got Goddard at tight end eight. I think all, I think both of those rankings are, I think 15 is fair for AJ Brown. 36 is probably a little low for Devonta Smith, you know but I'm going to go top. I'm going to say some things to you right here. I'm going to say some things. Well, here's, here's some stats from last year. 164 receptions, 916 yards, five touchdowns. You remember that? 64 catches. That? This, I'm not going to tell you yet. 64 mm-hmm. catches, 900 yards, five touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Player B, 74 catches, 930 yards, five touchdowns. One it's of the those, same player. Huh? It's the same player, yeah, right? And guess who B is? Who are both of them? B Lamb. And guess who A is? Devonta. So they had the exact same rookie season. What? Yes. <laughs> Yet CD is like still wide receiver three. I don't get it. You're so upset about this. You literally have the same draft capital. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into all of the reasons that CD and Devonta Smith. 908 yards, six touchdowns, um, 67 receptions. So same player. Guess who it is? What? So what is it again? 
Sorry, I missed it. It was like 67 catches, 900 yards, six touchdowns. Mm. Same stats. It's pretty good. Who was that? T. Higgins? Yeah. All of them their first year? Yeah, those are all their first years. Wow. And you could argue the worst quarterback any of them had was um, Devonta. Devonta. I would argue that, yeah. I guess T did it. I don't know if that's a point in his favor, but I would argue that. He did it with like half a burrow, so. Yeah. Did they all play the same amount of games? Yeah. So I learned something new. Yeah. So why CD gets, he said CD has to be getting the Cowboys hype. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we got here. Um, I don't know either. You, you, like we said, we turn every single podcast into a CD lamb podcast somehow. You're going to come at, you're going to, someone's going to put Devonte Smith at wide receiver 36. I'm going to point out the inconsistencies. Okay. He's wide receiver 25 from a dynasty perspective. So 25. That feels so low for like a rookie season that is like objectively pretty good. AJ Brown wide receiver six dynasty. That doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. How are you going to have DK so low? Like is Hertz better than that much better than Locke? Who are you talking when you say, how are you? Are you, t- are you talking to me or whoever just ranked that? <laughs> okay. I'm on keep trade cut. So I cannot answer for them, but, uh, and how AJ, who is like objectively physically, basically the exact same stats and same route running. And they went to the same school. I think that people probably view Jalen hurts as better than drew Locke. Yeah. I mean, you're fair. However, I've watched both of them play a good amount of football and I don't know that they're that much different. Now, like overall, give me hurts, but like from a pure throwing perspective, I think it's pretty close to bad on both ends. So wide receiver five, one spot above AJ Brown, T Higgins. That's pretty crazy. crazy. <laughs> pretty crazy. You should sell T. Higgins if that's his value. Like, if you can get wide receiver five. I mean, look, if someone wants to pay me wide receiver five price for T. Higgins, makes me my inbox is open. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to accept it, but I'm just saying my inbox is open. Is that the market price? No way. No, yeah. What market are they shopping in? Like, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, this keep trade cl- cut isn't necessarily liquid, considering we're playing in a league that doesn't necessarily value players in the same way. But like Cole out here asking for a first for Lockett. And for yeah, Lockett. yeah. Well, I think this is actually a good jumping off point into our number two um, most fancy impacting tidbit of the offseason, which is Tyree Kill goes to the Dolphins from the Chiefs. I was going through this list earlier today, and I think I should have put this one at number one because it really does impact so many different players in so many different ways. Um, I have six on here that I want to kind of talk through all of them. Number one, number one, Tyree Kill goes from redraft wide receiver three to redraft wide receiver six, seven, maybe. Like definitely drops a few spots from a redraft perspective. Also, what does the rest of his career look like without Patrick Mahomes and on this new offense with Tua? Don't know. Um, Number two, speaking of Mahomes, what is Mahomes without Tyreek? Obviously, he is a superstar quarterback, but not really any weapons outside of Travis Kelsey, who is getting up there in age. Um, Tyreek Hill kind of was unlocking a lot of big games for him. Interesting to see what's going to happen there. Number three, 
Um, does a wide receiver one step up in Kansas City? You've got to think that someone will, and you've got to think that all of them are going to end up overvalued based off of their like medium outcome between Juju, MVS, Sky, Justin Ross. Like there's going to be people taking swings on all of those guys, like two rounds above where they're projected to go, um, just because they think that someone is going to step up. Um, I don't know. I think that creates an interesting dynamic into Miami. What to do about Jalen Waddle? Like going into this offseason, I would have said I was very, very high on him from like a dynasty perspective. I probably would have had him number three after uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Now add Tyreek Hill into the mix. And I don't know if I can feel as good about him from a redraft perspective. Thus, I don't know if I can feel as good about him from a dynasty perspective. Um, And then lastly, number six is Tua good enough to support two star wide receivers or are the two star wide receivers good enough to support Tua? All of those I think are very relevant fantasy questions that we don't really know the answer to. And in one moment after that trade, there was like a million other questions like ripples that just got sent out. So I don't know any of those like super interesting to you. We'll probably touch on all of them, but what were kind of your biggest thoughts after this trade? Who do you think was most impacted? like the Chiefs wide receivers. Mainly the new ones. It's just a ton of vacated targets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I trust that offense to produce. Like, I don't know that, like, Tyreek was the only re- – certainly not the only reason they're producing, but he certainly affected the, f- the, the defense a ton. Um, I think this affects Tua probably the second most because he actually has no excuses anymore. He has to do something. Not that he's been terrible. He's just been average, I think. Um, I actually don't know. I'm a huge to Anon fan. So I, Ooh. I think that I think that's objectively one of the funniest Twitter accounts out there. Um, yeah, for sure. But so I think for that reason, I like Tua. I also think Tua is just kind of a, a nice guy. So I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah. he, he does not have any excuses anymore. Um, so I hope he succeeds. I, I think it definitely hurts Tyreek, but also... It kind of comes down to that new coach they have. Like, how good is he actually at getting the ball to the right people? And he's, he seems like a, a very good high player coach, but is he actually going to be a good coach? So, I mean, I think the San Francisco scheme is a pretty good one to implement in yeah. Miami if they can, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, if they can do that, that's good. I think that. It's fine. I don't think Waddle necessarily hurts too much. It's not like they have running. They also have most mustard. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. I think they'll both be fine. I think it's kind of a, like a, I mean, Tyreek, I guess is the more talented one there, but like, does that fit to his skill set? I don't think so. Like that he can't throw yeah. eight yard bombs. Um, so Assuming that that's what they're going to use Tyreek with, you know, like really? I'm kind of interested to see like if they're if they're putting him in motion and in the short game and they get him with like space to run. I think we might see a lot of Tyreek ADR touchdowns this year that aren't 60 yard throws down the field, but rather two yeah. yard in routes where it's just he's a perfectly signed. schemed play and he's just fast. What do you say? Did, who did they send? Didn't they sign Cedric Wilson? Is that who they signed? Yes. Yeah, they did. And they also have Will Fuller? No. I think no. he's a free agent. Okay. He's just not on a team yet. 
Right. Okay. A lot of people think he's going to go to the Browns. Yeah, checks. That'd be funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. Like, I actually don't have a strong take, other than like the consensus take. Like, downgrade Tyreek, but not much. Downgrade Waddle, but not much. Um, upgrade like the other Chiefs ones, but not much, other than Kelsey. And yeah, I, that that was one that I didn't mention. And right after I stopped talking, I was like, man, in a redraft league where it's not tight end premium, but let's say it's PPR, mm. how soon is too soon to take Travis Kelsey? Because I taking him at four overall last year. So, well, that was tight end. Pre- in tight end premium, I was taking him at two overall last year. Might have been a little aggressive, but also the Chiefs' offense had struggles randomly. But like with no Tyree Kill now. The one downside is that he is getting up there in age, and so he could just fall off at some point. But even in no tight end premium, just with that position, the way, like how scarce it is, and knowing that you could lock him in for a certain amount of points, like I feel like he's got to be top five, no matter what, right? Like I think when I think when drafts come along, he's going to be in the top five, no matter what your format is, um, and it's not like there's any other real sure things in the top five. I don't know. I think that's an interesting plot too. Yeah. I think that's the only clear winner. Yeah. Other than like Tua. But even like Juju. Like, <laughs> even then, like, I don't know. I like Juju, but I can't confidently say he's going to go off again. So No. And I, I think – so Mike, Mike Clay, his uh, projections are kind of interesting – he has Mahomes as quarterback two this season in the redraft, which seems fair. But he has Juju as wide receiver 34, Mikol as wide receiver 48, Sky Moore 61, and MVS 65. That's wild. I'd have MVS. <laughs> I don't. I'd have MVS above Sky Moore. I don't see Sky Moore as an instant. Yeah. Player, I guess my thought is like I. I just. And I know that he like modeled it out and like, he's like showing how this happens, but I'm like, I don't know how you can be the quarterback too and not have a wide receiver in the top 30, (laughs) you know, like, and so it's again, it's back to the Fitzpatrick situation of last year. It's like either the Mahomes rank is wrong and he's just not going to be good because his wide receivers aren't good or the Mahomes rank is right. And one of the wide receivers is going to pop. And I feel like a lot of people are going to operate under the assumption that the Mahomes rank is right and that one of the wide receivers will pop. Yes. And I'm not sure that's a bet that I like want to make. I, I think I might be making the bet that the Mahomes rank is wrong and that another wide receiver is going to be that good. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the dart throws because the chance is there, but I can't – I guess I, – I think like Mahomes really does spread the ball around so much. Like he's that good. Yeah. He can get to his yeah. read on a play. And I do think – that MVS, Sky Moore, and Juju are better than Demarcus Robinson. Um, yeah, Pringle. Pringle and like whoever yeah. the hell else is out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like those I are watched way too many crappy Chiefs games. Yeah. Uh, so like that's an improvement. So like spreading the field, you know, maybe. Yeah. And also, I mean, can those guys get any separation? I truly don't know. So. Yeah. I think both teams will be very – the AFC in general is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, Yeah. The Chiefs are going to be fascinating. Dolphins, too. Another team that is going to be very, very interesting this year 
is going to be the Raiders, which brings me to my number one my most impactful move of the offseason, Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think I put this one at number one about a month ago because I think it impacts both teams pretty equally in the sense of like, from the Raiders' perspective, um, Derek Carr now, well, sorry, at <laughs> Devontae Adams has gone to the Raiders as first predicted on the Deep Ellum Demi podcast by you, apparently. I don't remember doing this, <laughs> but apparently you told me right after it happened that you predicted it on the podcast. Maybe we had it backwards, though. I had Derek Carr going to the Raiders to yeah. be with. Devonte, because that's when I dropped the bomb that I was like one of the few on earth that knew they played together in room together in college. Yeah. And then when he got traded, Travis just immediately texted me. It was like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as first as first predicted on the Deep Bell and Demi Gods podcast, the number one most impactful move of the offseason. Um, so from the Raiders' perspective, I think Derek Carr is probably more interesting now. Um Hunter Renfro, probably a little bit less interesting. Like, I know he came on at the end of last year a ton. Now you've got Devontae Adams in there that makes things a little bit more complicated. I still think that Devontae Adams is, well, I don't know. I think uh, the Devontae Adams situation, a lot of it, it's just hard to determine, like, how much of him being amazing is him being amazing versus Aaron Rodgers being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think we are really going to get the answer to that pretty soon into next season of is Devontae Adams going to be just as good with Derek Carr. So super interesting from a Raiders perspective, from a Packers perspective, similar to the Chiefs. I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing to in Green Bay. Less other than the Chiefs, I genuinely have no idea who Rogers is going to throw to. Yeah, like I, I'm not even just saying this. I'm not even just saying this because he's on my team, but I think that like Aaron Jones has a chance to lead the Packers in receiving, like because <laughs> they used him in the slot so much last year. I don't know. Like who they have, Equinemius St. Brown. If he's still there. So Mike Clay, so Mike Clay, the top three receivers that he has, Lazar. number one, Christian Watson. He's a rookie, I think. Yeah, oh, he is, and he's not good. Number two, Alan Lazard. Number three, Aaron Jones. It's not good. I mean, yeah, who would even be their number four? Amari Rogers, I guess? Uh, Tunyon, I think. Tanyan. And then five would be Amari Rogers. I don't even uh, know. Five is Randall Cobb. Oh God, he's still there. <laughs> and then Sammy Watkins. So yeah, things are really tough in Green Bay, I think. Wow. I, I think they're going to be like a low scoring run the ball because their defense is going to be really good this year, I think. And they've got Dylan and they've got Aaron Jones. Like, I think they just might be a running back team. I guess, man. Who knows? I don't know. It's a big move. I don't. I don't. Really, does is anyone like really benefiting from this trade, other than Derek Carr and Aaron Jones? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derek Carr starts every year on MVP watch when he's just like throwing <laughs> five touchdowns. I don't know. I I guess I don't downgrade anyone on the Raiders because. 
they're going to be objectively a better offense now. And they won't have to. And like if Derek Carr and like Devontae Adams is just a, if Derek, if Hunter Renfro had all the athletic talent where he didn't have to try so hard, like, but then still like Devontae Adams is like, they're both amazing route runners and Devontae Adams just is a million times better. So like Derek and Derek Carr has the prior history. I think that's part of what made Devontae so good is that Rodgers was so good. And together they were insane. Yeah, it's like they were both good and then they made each other better to where they like the multiplier effect made both of them kind of like yeah. rise a little like I bit. Watched a video where Rodgers like broke down what Devontae Adams did and he was like, oh, because Devontae had like this certain body language, I knew mm-hmm. he was I didn't even look, I just threw it to the spot. He broke from the route we called and he was just there. And I was like, oh, okay. So you can just do that. You can just read his mind. And he can't, they could. So if, I mean, I think. I wouldn't put Devontae Adams lower than like wide receiver three in redraft this year. I, I do believe yeah. in your car. Um, yeah. So I guess who even is our coach? McDaniels from the Patriots? I think so. Feels right to me for some Feels reason. Feels right. Yeah, we'll go. No one will fact check that. <laughs> um, I, I think the losers are everyone on the Packers except for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Winners are pretty much everyone on the Raiders minus Devontae Adams, but even then I feel fine. Like if you told me like it's all lateral for them, I'd be like, Yes, you're probably right. So Yeah. Josh Jacobs, loser for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, I after discussing each of the last two, I think I probably would have had the Tyreek deal as number one and Devontae Adams as number two. I don't know what I was thinking. But it because it does seem like they're very I don't know, it's like People changed teams, but I also don't know how much they like really changed value. Whereas the Tyreek deal, a lot of question marks, at least for me. The Tyreek, like the like not directly affected people, are like more name worthy. Like yeah, like MVS, people have hyped him up for years because he's so fast, but and now he has yep. a chance to be that guy. But he still drops everything. Like Juju, people loved forever and then sucked, but now has a chance again. And like Waddle having a new wide receiver one in town versus Renfro having a new wide receiver one in town, like uh, probably yeah. more impactful for, <laughs> for Waddle. Similar situation, but yeah, wildly different hype behind them. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, that's it for the top 10 fantasy impacting tidbits of the season. I know I said top 10. I only shared my top nine, number nine through one. Um, and I intentionally did that because I knew I would forget something to put at number 10. Mm-hmm. As we were going through, I thought of something that we could maybe put at number 10. Okay. Um, but I don't know if you have anything in your mind that you think that I might have missed. Um, I was thinking Brian Edwards to the Falcons. That is not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. Rojo to the Chiefs? No. That's a decent one, but I think I have a better one than that. Um, Trubisky to the Steelers. No, I think mine is going to end up winning out. I'm not sure why I didn't think of it before. Okay. I'm, I'm going to kind of combine a couple of transactions here, and it's just going to be um, Marquise Brown to the Cardinals mm-hmm. and DeAndre Hopkins suspended for I half I thought the about season. it halfway through, and then I f- assumed you were bringing it up, and then I forgot as well. So No, yeah, I totally forgot. So um, this was also announced on draft tonight. So... I guess the first part of this, the easy part of this is the Ravens got rid of Hollywood Brown and they didn't get anyone 
in return. Um, I don't know how much this really impacts anyone on the Ravens. I think this kind of clears out for Rashad Bateman. Like, I think there's a there was probably a world where I would be high on Rashad Bateman going into this season compared to ADP. But now with no Marquise Brown, it just feels like I can like feel the momentum starting to like get behind him to the point where people are going to hype him up to the point where I just can't bet on him at whatever his price is going to be. But the opportunity is there. He does have the runway to kind of take off if he wants to. Um, and Lamar Jackson, I'm just not sure if he's going to be that impacted by losing a wide receiver one in Marquise Brown just because so much of his value comes from running the ball. Um, I mean, I guess the other piece of is Mark Andrews, maybe slight bump to him because really like looking at my clay projections right now, like number one wide receiver, Mark Andrews, number two, Rashad Bateman, number three, Devin Duvernay, number four, James. Yeah, not good. I don't think when Devin Duvernay and James, Pro sure the number three and four options. Yeah, I don't even know. As receivers. Um, so yeah, probably not too much of an impact, I don't think, for the Ravens. Um, from a Cardinals perspective, Marquise Brown becomes the number one option, I think, in Arizona because Hopkins is going to miss half the year. Plus, Hopkins wasn't that great last year. Um, there was a report this week that Rondale Moore is going to get more involved in the offense, which should be interesting. Kyler Murray, this probably net net, this probably doesn't help him. Um, as opposed to just having Hopkins the whole season, but runs, probably more, probably more on the bone with, with the Cardinals and there is the Ravens. So yeah. what do you make of all of this news from a Cardinals perspective? I just think, I mean, first half Cardinals, I'm not worried about second half Cardinals still very worried about. Uh, I think it'll be. I think Kyler will be fine. I think they still have Zach Ertz. I think mm. he was pretty good. The end. Mm-hmm. I like Hollywood. Did they play in college together? I feel like they did. They went to OU. Both of them. Yeah, they both went to OU. I'm not sure if they overlapped. They had to have overlapped. You've um, got to think yes. So that's fun. Um, you got to I think Hollywood's going to be good if he stops dropping the ball well um i i I don't think it really hurts kyler i think it just it's like the big thing with kyler is are they going to let him run and he is he gonna run like is he gonna have that five point rushing bonus floor if not then he's worthless you know so who knows like kyler i think he's very good um, and it's and it's like Hollywood is like the field stretcher, right? And like that's kind of what Kyler needs someone to run those go routes because he's very accurate with them. So the AJ, yeah. the AJ Green and uh, Rondale don't love, but I've heard worse tonight. Actually, like from it's three true. Teams, so. there are some some teams have tough wide receiver rooms, is what we've learned tonight. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate it from the Cardinals. I think they recognize they needed someone. So, yeah. As someone who's been out on Hollywood for a long time and now have recently come to the light that he's putting up numbers but not moving and keep trade cut at all, I don't, I never understood that. But, yeah. 
he deserves more respect. I think he's pretty good. I agree. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. Um, the top 10 moves of the fantasy offseason. To recap, number 10, Hollywood to the Cardinals. Number 9, Debo wants to be a wide receiver. Number 8, Amari Cooper to the Browns. Number 7, Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Number 6, Tom Brady retires. Number 5, Tom Brady unretires. Number 4, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Number 3, A.J. Brown to the Eagles, number two, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, and number one, Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Ten pretty big moves that we just brushed by as a podcast, didn't discuss them at the time. We're discussing them months later, but season three of the Deep Ellen Demigods, off to a great start. Tink, it was a pleasure recording this podcast to you. I know we have a number of podcasts still to come throughout this off season, throughout the rest of the season. Um, and it's going to be a great season three and we're not going to crown a new champion at the end of the year. I have a feeling we're going to crown the same champion. My name's going to be on that trophy a third time. <laughs> and I believe it. <laughs> All right. Tank, any, any closing thoughts here? Um, uh, we got to get some guests on here from our actual league one day. That'd be fun. Uh, uh, yeah. That might have to be a season three wrinkle. I think we're ready for it. So if y'all have also if y'all have some ideas, we've tossed around some. It's you true. Know, I want to do like a, a two year recap of just like funny stuff that's happened along the way, but that's going to take a lot of studying, and we don't really have time for that. Um, it's true. I've prepared for one podcast, and that's enough for me. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's time to prepare an agenda and let I'll, me react. Super initial thoughts. I hate it. No, <laughs> I hate it so much. I kind of do too, but I like that I don't get my draft picks forgotten about. So Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, no reviews this time, but please make sure to submit those. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, yeah, that was, it was extremely depressing to check to see if we had any reviews over the last six months for us to have none. <laughs> Even though we produce zero content, we <laughs> yeah oh well oh well all right i think that's it all right thank you all of the listeners that made it to this point if you made it to this point please like rate subscribe share with your friends lord knows when the next time taking air emoji on our most recent instagram story great point please respond with a pineapple emoji if you made it to this point so that we know that you listened um I don't know when the next time we're going to record a podcast is because not like we're on a set schedule, but Tink, arms tomorrow night. we might have to, we'll have to do this again soon. Tink, it was a pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. All of the listeners of the deep LM Demi gods. Peace. Peace.